Our next guest is Steve Young. He's no stranger. He's a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, and now is uh, you see him on Monday Night Football with ESPN. Steve, thanks so much for joining us Mark. to make the, thanks the Hall of Fame case. Patience with me. <laughs> That's all right. We had three different starts. I got kicked out of my office by my wife. I couldn't find my <laughs> the right time. I mean, you guys are patient. Nice work. <laughs> well, we know that you're busy, so. Uh, we just appreciate your time uh, to help us because the, the reason we're here is to help make the case for Roger Craig to be in the Hall of Fame. It's long overdue. And so I want to start off by saying you're still very involved in the football community, the NFL community. Do you ever hear anything that might give us some uh, some idea of why Roger is still not in the Hall of Fame? Or do you have any idea? No, it's hard. I, I, I've watched this now for 30, 25 years, I guess. Uh, and it, the problem is that once you miss the window uh, and then age out, then things get really hard because there's just more and more great players coming. Yeah. And so, you know, it becomes a numbers game and, and it's unfortunate. And I think there's also... Um, I don't know. I mean, I, the great teams, you know, the 49ers are during the 80s and 90s are the one of the great runs of football history, right? Pittsburgh and and the Patriots now. And so the Hall of Fame needs to pay that off. You know what I mean? And so I, I the only thing I can think of is they feel like they paid it off in some way. Like, oh, we mm. we did our work uh, and and we got to just wake them back up you know, to uh, the reality that there were Hall of Fame, there were, multi, you know, five Hall of Fame players on that team, you know, that there were six Hall of Fame players on that team, regardless of whether you think, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers teams, I, I think that there's probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, through those kind of that, that Pittsburgh mm -hmm. Steeler run, you know, right. in the 70s and early 80s. And so that's eight or nine. I mean, maybe eight or nine. I don't know. So, I mean, clearly there, we haven't hit that limit yet. So, yeah. uh, and so I, I don't know. I, I saw, and, and then it really is 39 writers like yourself, media people who are voters who decide it. And so you were, we're not, this is not a pub a publicity, uh, you know, this is not a, broad-based voting we're not trying to sway lots of people we're trying to sway 39 people right and uh hopefully they'll watch <laughs> is there is there anything to this east coast bias we we hear that a lot especially with teams and players on the west coast is that a real thing or is is that just more of an excuse uh no i think that there's um, i don't think that people on the east coast realize it when we talk about it we feel it but they like what? What are you, I, you're 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 crazy, and I think what it is is <clears throat> most of the football teams are kind of Chicago and East. Um, there's a handful, like a handful of teams in the West, and uh, the truth is, other than when the 49ers are great, or the Rams pop up, or the Raiders pop up, or even Seattle pops up, you know, what I mean, that's not, you know. It's just the bias is more just the weight of this, of how it tilts, right? And yeah. so when the 49ers were great, I think it's it it helped 
just wake people up to West Coast football. The Raiders did that early. We did it for a long time. Seattle's done a nice job here and there, and the Rams did one won a championship. So, you know, in Denver. So, I mean, like it, Kansas City. I don't know if they. I don't know how they look at it, but it's it's the bias is really just a numbers game, mm-hmm. and what teams have the weight. You know what I mean? And it's weird. Like Dallas is an like as an East Coast bias team. Like they get it that they're in the East Coast and they're they're in the NFC East, and you know they can play anybody. It's a big game. You know, you're like, well, why? Right. Uh, no, no. Why would why do we care about that game? They're they're terrible. <laughs> but it's just the Giants, anyone in Pittsburgh. You know, I mean, it's just. I think it's just. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just human nature. Yeah. Last year, I wrote a story for 49ers Web Zone that you were a part of uh, when where we made the case for Roger Craig with uh, with some information from Larry Kruger, uh, who at that time was with KMBR. And when I got the statement from you, and this this podcast series is being built around that story, you said Roger was a thermostat player. His talent and spirit raised us all when we lagged. What do you mean by that? Uh, how how did he raise the temperature of the team? On Roger just field? Roger was high high knees and high spirits. Like that's just he. The knees are, I think, our metaphor for how he lived his life. And if you see Roger today, same thing. Like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Where are we going? What's happening? You know, and uh, that's a, that's a natural God given talent gift of spirit that Roger has, and I always will have. And uh, I think that that's, you know, great teams need all kinds of people. And Roger played a unique role. The thing that I think historically we should, what should, I think the thing that creates the most um, momentum for Roger to be voted in by those 39 is to make the case that where football has gone today, Roger was the, the, the back that started it all. Like he, the idea that in the West Coast offense, you needed a someone who could line up in all the positions, who could run it from the eye, who could catch it on the, on the wide, could line up in the slot, like all the things. And, you know, you look at the, the death of the eye back, the death of the split backs, like, like the guys that couldn't do that can't play football today. And so you just don't want to, you don't want to be on the ash heap of, of, players that are positions and, and styles that are dead mm-hmm. like they're just gone and the eye back is dead so i would not want to be uh, you know like uh uh you know any any back today that can't they're all they're all leaving the game they're all yeah. getting you know they're all going uh away quickly in the last four or five years you know, there's only a couple of eye backs left and they're i don't think they're going to be catching a job unless they can ch- transition to a Roger Craig type of game. Right. And so in that way, I think when you're voting for the Hall of Fame and you see you have Hall of Fame credentials and you were the founding member of what became the, the profile of exactly what a uh, running back needs to be today, I think there's some a lot of energy in that. It's mm-hmm. like pay that off, pay that pay that uniqueness that you brought to the game that was looked at as an anomaly and maybe a reason not to be voted in back 20 years ago, but today an absolute reason to be voted in because the game came to Roger Craig. 
Yeah. The game today has come to him. And so I think that's a that's a statement for the 39 voters to think about, like, pay that off. Because if you're going to because the Hall of Fame running backs today are all going to be Roger Craig kind of players. It's just by nature. Ronnie Lott said that whenever you're the first to do something, that means a lot. And of course, Roger Craig was the first running back to score three touchdowns in a Super Bowl, the first thousand thousand. And so I think that that rings home that whenever you're the first to do something, as Ronnie said, that that really means a lot. And as you uh, have mentioned, should be considered. What did uh, my last my last question for you is kind of is, is really a two part question. What what did getting into the Hall of Fame mean to you? And along those lines, since Roger Craig has had to wait so long, what do you think it would mean to him mm. to be elected to the Hall of Fame? Well, uh, you know, so much of the game, there's 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 always two things that you hold in suspense. There's this sense of team and a sense of I got to make a career for myself. And, you know, and doing both those is an athletic event. And I think the Hall of Fame pays off that I made a career for myself. You know, what I mean, it's like I, I think that that's why it's five years later. It's like, you know, it can't it's not necessarily you get there with a lot of help and a lot of great players around you and all that. We get that in football. But I think um, that that sense that you start singularly singularly as a college player and you want to go try to make a career and you made that career and at the end you made it a hall of fame career is, is pretty profound and it's it's very very meaningful uh for me particular particularly we talk about you know doing things differently i mean i got kicked out of tampa bay because i was a scrambler lefty <laughs> and they hated you know they hated players like me people could coaches couldn't stand it and they couldn't see any of the possibilities or the, uh, and with Bill Walsh, not only he see possibilities, he saw an advantage. And that was, so, you know, pay, paying that off to kind of forging new territory. How many times did I hear about being left-handed or being a scrambler? And I was like, geez, how many passing titles do I need to win before you stop <laughs> saying that? But because it was just done so differently, they couldn't register the excellence at the position because it would just look different than the way they thought it should look. Mm -hmm. And I say that about Roger Craig earlier, but I, I have to say myself, like the game's come to me, the guys that are going to rule the NFL for the next, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, I have no idea, but the game has become so much more wide open for the quarterback. And you've got to be able to get all those free yards that are out there and first, first downs and touchdowns. And if you don't, you're not going to win Super Bowls. And so in that way, um, that's what the super, you know, the hall of fame for me is very, very meaningful because I think it said, hopefully to all those guys coming that, you know, despite, you know, the, I don't know, I don't want to say discrimination. I just say the, the lack of understanding mm -hmm. for the capability. Cause the truth is once you could pair excellence in the pocket and running, you couldn't be stopped. That was the best thing going. And that's what Patrick Mahomes realizes today. Josh Allen, you know, Joe Burrow, uh, all those guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson's trying to learn how to become that sophisticated passer because you can see how he can run. Um, and any young player is going to have to kind of match that. So that's what the Hall of Fame meant to me. 
Yeah, and just like you were something different, Roger Craig was as well. And uh, as you've put it, put it well that uh, that the Hall of Fame needs to 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 pay to to come good on that. Uh, Steve, yeah. thanks so much for you your time uh, for helping us make the case well, for Roger Craig. Thanks for caring about Roger. Roger is somebody you want to take care of. Roger is. We we opened the the podcast talking about the spirit of Roger Craig, and it just feels like a bust in Canton would you know. Like he'll make the bus in Canton more alive and rich because <laughs> of who he is and who he who he will be. So, yeah, good luck. He, he definitely deserves it for All sure. Right. Thanks, Take care, Steve. Mark. Thanks so much.